What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, we serve a mighty God. He is awesome. He is righteous. He is holy in all of his ways. What a mighty God we serve. What a magnificent God. Oh, God, we love you today. There's nobody like you. No one can love us like you do. No one can care for us like you do. Oh, my God, when we were yet sinners, you sent your only begotten son to die and sacrifice his life for us that we may have salvation. Oh, my God, what an awesome God. I do not take for granted that you allow us to know you by the parting of our sins. And I thank you today. Hello, everybody. I'm Prophetess Dawn, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. And I bring you greetings from on high. What a mighty, mighty, mighty God we serve. God is a great God, and he is greatly to be praised. He's worthy of all of the praise. He's worthy of all of the honor. He is worthy of all of the glory. As I come before you today, I just thank God. I thank God for my life my health, my strength. I celebrate him for the faculties of my mind. I thank and praise him that I have an unction to come into his presence and to do his will. My God, what a mighty, mighty God we serve. Well, as I come to you today, I have a word from the Lord and I believe that it is going to encourage your heart. I thank God for those who are associated with and through Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. I got tripped up because I have this cough drop in my mouth. I've been struggling with this cough maybe for the last four or five weeks. I'm not sure how long now. But I'm at the tail end. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm not even at the tail end. The uh, whatever was going on in my body is over. But this residual of this cough is still there. Uh, so excuse me, but let me restate what I was saying. I am grateful for those of you who are associated with and through this ministry, Life Path Apostolic. Agape House of Prayer. There are those that God is sending under the umbrella of the covering of this of, of this ministry. And I am grateful. I do not take for granted my assignment in your life. I am praying that God will begin to send those that he has predestined for this ministry don't you know somebody is waiting on you, waiting on us to pick up the banner <laughs> and do what God has called us to do? So that's what I endeavor to do today. And I want to talk about uh, condemnation 
versus conviction. Some of us are stuck. Some of us are way, way stuck. And God has sent me here to unstick you. (laughs) Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that more abundant. And he wants us to live an abundant life. But many of us are operating and functioning under condemnation. Let me be clear. Condemnation is not of God. God sends his Holy Spirit to convict us. The enemy comes to condemn. So anytime you are walking in shame um, or guilt and you have repented, and when I say repent, I mean not just saying I'm sorry for what I did, turning from your ways. And you are yet uh, feeling that way. I'm telling you, it is not of God. Begin to rebuke it and declare the blood of Jesus. The enemy has no power, he has no right, and he has no authority over you. And therefore, when those thoughts begin to flood your mind, know that they are not of God if they come as condemnation. As God was preparing me to bring this message to you, I was considering the many things in my life especially as a teenager, (laughs) the many things that, that I have had to go to God and say, Lord, forgive me. There are some things that God allowed to be exposed publicly. There are others that God had given me amnesty and allowed to be buried (laughs) and forgotten. Amen. So many of you, I know that God has placed this on my heart as I know how the enemy tries to torment. How many of you know that we are forever and always in spiritual warfare? You are either on the offensive or on the defensive end of spiritual warfare. And one thing for certain and two things for sure, either you're going to fight or you're going to get fought. Either you're going to fight or you're going to get fought. Amen. Amen. There are those who are watching you. They're watching you from afar off that the enemy uses to be an an extension, a vessel that he can use to try to wreak havoc in your life. But when I tell you, If you master this thing called spiritual warfare and allowing the Holy Spirit, the power of the blood of Jesus, his name, our position in Christ to be your guide, (laughs) you're going to see change. You're going to, and I'm talking about immediate. I want you to go back, listen to the message. Uh, that I put out there about prayer. We need to increase our prayer life. This is why the enemy has some gaps in, uh, (laughs) oh, excuse me, has some uh, cracks in our foundation that he's been seeping through. And we've been feeling it. We've been feeling it. Anyway, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about uh, condemnation. 
versus um, uh, conviction. I want to talk to you about God's forgiveness, how he forgives us his grace and his mercy. I want to talk about being careful to receive his grace and his mercy that we will not have a reprobate mind. And then I want to talk about um, the year of Jubilee, the year of Jubilee. I'm studying, I'm telling you, and I claim it, <laughs> whether I'm theologically correct or not. I've been studying um, the year of Jubilee according to the Bible uh, since the, the death of Jesus Christ. And, and they declare um, that this is the year, that this is the year. So anyway, we're going to talk about it. All right. Praise the Lord. Stick with me. I got something for you. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's go ahead and get started. God has an awesome word for us. And I just give honor to God, who is the head of my life. I thank and praise God for my husband, my children, my grandchildren and all those who are centered under the sound of my voice. It is my prayer today that God will hide me, that you will see him, him and him alone. It is not me, but it is God that I lead and direct you to. Heavenly Father, as we come before your people today, Lord God, I just invite you to take full reign. Let your Holy Spirit prevail, Lord God. Let it guide us and lead us and direct us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we need a rhema word from you. Father, as I deliver and minister your word to your people, I pray, Lord God, that you allow my family to be first partakers of your word. Oh, my God. Father God, allow as I minister to your people that you will minister to me. Use my voice as an extension of your voice, Lord God. Oh, Father God, have your way today and let your will be done. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. All right. So I wanted to get into the word of God because I believe that we are in a season. We are in a season that the enemy has turned up the volume of condemnation. He cycles through, it seems like a quarterly, semi-annual, he kind of turns up the pressure and tries to bring condemnation into the hearts and the minds of God's people. And we know that we are always under constant spiritual attack. I oftentimes say that you are either in throw, in, um, uh, thrust in thrown in battle or you are preparing for battle. We are either on the offense or on the defense. So we are not foreign to uncommon with the attacks of the enemy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is why God sent me as a prophet 
to bring forth a word that will release life in the hearts and the minds and the circumstances of the people who are under the sound of my voice. I'm struggling to get through this with this cough that I have, but I just pray that you all will bear with me. What a mighty God we serve. God is a great God. Yes, he is. He's an awesome God. He kept us as filthy rags and wretches that we are. He kept us. And I thank him for another day. I thank him for our life, our health, our strength. I thank him for giving us provision for all that we stand in need of. And these are not just cast statements that we make. We are truly blessed by God that he's never given us what we deserve, but always has blessed us with his grace and his mercy. Granted us things that we did not deserve, but nonetheless, because he is a merciful God and he loves his children, he keep on blessing and doing great things for us. Amen. All right, so so I wanted to talk about condemnation versus conviction. Condemnation versus conviction. And, and, and let me say this before I get into the word. You must be very careful. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. There are people surrounding you whether it be in your local community, on, in your neighborhood, on your block, in your church, in your community outreach, on your job, in your school, in your family. There are people who are surrounding you who take pleasure and joy out of your condemnation. And I want to be very clear. I want to be very clear that it is not of God. And I see that there are those who attempt to expose your um, what is the word I'm looking for? Not insecurities, but they want to expose the areas of your life that you are struggling, your iniquities, my God. <laughs> they want to expose your iniquities. And they do this because They are counter, they, uh, uh, or, or what's the word I'm looking for? They are co-agents, not counter-agents. They are co-agents of the enemy. They are co-agents, meaning in partnership with the enemy. 
I would say double agents, but they're not double agents in the sense that they uh, pretend to be in your camp because they don't even pretend. <laughs> But anyway, I want to take a moment to say that. And these people who come, they are used as an extension of Satan to attempt to steal, kill, and destroy. But I want you to be encouraged today. Because just like with Haman, the same gallow that they are preparing for your demise, God will use that to put them on public display and render unto them the same judgment and action that they attempted to bring against you. I want you to be very careful over these next few months as we are ending out the year God is going to expose the enemy. And I want you to pray because it's going to be difficult, especially as you have um, unhealthy soul ties, unauthorized soul ties to these individuals. You're going to see the wrath of God entering into their lives simply because of what they are attempting to do in yours. I see husbands being exposed for adultery. I see fathers exposed for pedophilia, molestation. I see mothers being exposed for misappropriation of goods. I see hidden things being exposed. God will use the tactics of the enemy to destroy him. Some of the things that I see, I will not speak on this uh, podcast, but I see it. I see it coming. And I am praying for you. I am praying for your heart. Because when God's wrath comes, and, and, and let me be clear about the sovereign God that we serve. God is a God. He is a just God. And so we don't question the means and methods by which he does things. We know that he gives opportunity for repentance. These attacks, these unwarranted attacks that you see, whether they are uh, through omission or commission, a lot of times they like to uh, uh, throw the rock and hide their hands. But God and God alone will measure the intent of man's heart. You don't have to lift a finger. You don't have to say a word. Continue to pray for them. 
Similar to how Job did for his friends, he prayed for them. And do not gloat or glory in their wrath. Things are going to begin to happen that you would never expect. Now, I'm very careful, but I feel led to say this. I'm very careful not to misuse this scripture because a lot of times people take it out of context. But there is value in understanding the word of God. Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. We have to be careful. This is, this is not a, a, a careful in the sense of fear mongering. It is careful in the sense of honoring what God honors, loving what God loves, not calling um, uh, unrighteousness righteous, walking upright and holy, doing your job for the betterment of humankind and to draw others to Christ and not be gossipy and try to, you know, create situations when you have no idea, no idea how God has placed a wall up so that the floodgates of uh, tribulation don't hit your house. The same thing that you're looking at other people's situation, gossiping, talking about, you just don't know you're going through it too. Because God has hidden those things from you. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you there are some that are in your life over these next few months and it's going to be a suddenly God's wrath is going to rain down and it is going to be your responsibility to continue to pray, continue to stay in God's face, continue to seek him and not allow your heart to become callous towards mankind. Don't be bitter. Don't harbor unforgiveness. We're going to teach on that too. Because I can forgive you and still be triggered. <laughs> I can forgive you and still stay away from you. Because I trust God to bring forth complete healing. And until that process has cycled all the way through, it may be some PTSD. <laughs> happening. All right. I'm supposed to be talking about condemnation. Mm. What a beautiful day. Today is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and, and be glad in it. Why? Because God has given us an opportunity to see his glory through the magnificent design of this world. My God. When I just sit back and reflect on how good God is, how good he is that he created the inhabitants of the earth. He designed it exclusively for you and for me. 
He's an awesome God. He's a wonderful God, and today is a beautiful day. We're going to talk about forgiveness. God's forgiveness towards us. He no longer remembers our sins when he forgives us. Go with me to Isaiah 43 and 25. Isaiah 43 and 25. And let me see, I'm, I'm, uh, I may do it in the NIT version. Think that NIV, NIV, NLT is what I was thinking. NIV is what I'll do. Uh, Isaiah 43 and 25. And the word of God says, I Even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. He said, I, even I, I'm the one who blots out your transgressions. See, we sit around here worried about who's going to know, who's going to see. We ashamed of everything. And God said, I blotted it out. Why? For my own sake. Because he loves us so much. He blots our sins out. He forgets them. One of the things that comes to mind is the fact that my God, (laughs) if he was anything like me, and forgive me today for the sin that I made and committed against them, but tomorrow remember it again. My God. <laughs> that would be a horrible sight. But he said, I blotted out for my sake. My God. He tells us in Psalms 103 and 12. The Word of God tells us that He will remove our transgressions from us as far as the East is from the West. Many of us are burdened by our past. We're we're challenged by the things that we have done. We feel like our mistakes are hanging over our head like like a dark cloud. But the Bible admonishes us in Psalms 103 and 12. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. When God forgives us, when he 
forgives us. He forgets our sins and our sins are removed, not hidden. They're removed. I want y'all to hear that. Our sins are removed, not hidden. If you think about it, can, can you really just contemplate? When you go to the east, you'll never reach the west from the east. That's how far God takes our sins away from us. But the enemy tries to bring those things back to us as if they are tangibles. As if they are still material or materialized. But God sent me here today to tell you that you are forgiven. You are forgiven and God will not, he does not, Hold your past against you. He said, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. Somebody say with me, blot it out. Blot it out. <laughs> As I was saying that, I just realized, bio. What do you do with bio? You release it. You, you, you get rid of it. Bio, <laughs> in the sense of we got to take a bio break. You release that. That waste. You get rid of it. Blot it out. B-I-O. <laughs> Isaiah 43 and 23, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sin no more. My God, God himself, not an angel, not a prophet, not a man, but God blots out our sins. And so here's the good news. He does it for his own sake. It's not about us. It's not about our vain glory. It's about his grace and his glory. He chooses not to remember our sins anymore. Let me make something extremely clear. Because as much as God will forgive our sins, as much as God will blot them out, we can't play with God because he will not be mocked. We have to come to him in spirit and in truth, and we have to come with a contrite heart, and we have to be con uh, sincere, sincere in our repentance. God's forgiveness is not automatic. It requires repentance. Acts 3 and 19 tells us, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out 
that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. This instruction gives us an order. It gives us a, a, a structure, a framework is what I'm trying to say by which to follow. Repent, then turn. Then turn to God. So that our sins will be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come. God is sending a refreshing. Too many of you have been bogged down with shame and guilt and condemnation. When I tell you he has blotted it out. He has blocked no more, no more. The enemy will continue to try to deceive you into thinking that that thing is going to be unearthed. God said, I blotted it out. I covered you. I've given you amnesty. And you will not be brought to public shame. When we repent, we turn away from our old ways and we turn to God. And guess what? Our sins are wiped out. God gives us a clean slate. He gives us a brand new start. His mercies are new every morning. And the enemy tries to get us to believe that we are in the same state that we were in yesterday when we were backslidden and unrepentant. But that is not true. God gives us a clean slate. I want you to know that God's forgiveness is deep, it's wide, it's complete. Listen, God's forgiveness is deep. Ah, it is why and it is complete he doesn't hold our sins against us and I want you to hear this I want you to hear this because some of you are struggling in this area and this is what's going to bring you breakthrough and when you receive the breakthrough I admonish you Stay in God's presence that you won't lose what you receive. But God does not hide our sins. We, our flesh, we hide our sins. God does not hide our sins. He removes them. He removes them. And he remembers them no more. I want you to let go of the burden. Release the guilt. Walk in freedom of God's forgiveness. Repent. Repent and turn to Him. Let the times of refreshing come over your life. Don't try to deceive God. Don't try to uh, finesse God. Don't try to manipulate God. For He knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you and he knows the thoughts that you think. He knew you even in your mother's womb. 
all God requires is that you repent. Turn. Stop doing the things that you know grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't want to mislead you into believing that all of the things that you have done that you don't have a reaping and a sowing. But I dare you to come to God and ask Him to remove your sins, remove the evidence, remove the situation and circumstance as you truly repent and turn from that situation. I'm reminded of Moses and 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 Uh, how he murdered the Egyptian and how God covered him and, and protected him and shielded him. Now listen, listen, listen. Prophetess ain't saying if you murder somebody, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you'll be forgiven by God should you request forgiveness and repent. Yet try the Spirit by the Spirit to know if they are of God. Ask Him what you want. Ask Him what you desire. Some decisions we make, we make in haste and ignorance. We make out of immaturity and youth. A lot of things I did when I was a teenager, that I pray God never exposed. But should he expose them, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. Now, now I may not go back and say A, B, C, and D. But I have asked God for forgiveness because of the things that I did and the ignorance of my youth. When I tell you ignorance and youth is a potent, destructive element, but God, but God, God loves us He has grace and mercy for the sinner. Grace and mercy for the sinner. That when we were yet sinners, when we were yet sinners, he sent his son. We were enemies of God. And he pursued us. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross and sacrifice for us. Listen, this is not some arbitrary story. This is our history. This is our ancestry. Ancestry. (laughs) I'm making up words. This is our ancestry. Jesus died for us. For our soul salvation. I was listening to someone the other day. Sometimes it be the simplest things that become so profound. 
but he was talking about life and eternity and how if we just grasp the concept that we shall never die. And I understood what he was saying. We know the Bible admonishes us that it is um, that a man suffers uh, death once. My mind just got scattered that quick. I know y'all know the scripture. But he was, he was making the point that who you are today is a reflection of you eternally. He was making the point that our life here on the earth is so short as we carry these earth suits. But when we transition into eternity, that's a long, long time. And while he did not put the emphasis on our eternal state, considering whether it be in heaven or in hell, what he said kind of touched me. Because I get excited when I think about life after death and only because it helps to soothe a lot of my pain and stress and distress as I continue to grieve my mother. But anyway, it's profound. But God's love for us is eternal. It never ends. His grace and his mercy is forever with us as sinners. God's grace and his love and his mercy, it endures with us, even as sinners, even as sinners. God's love, grace, and mercy gives us hope. The Bible tells us in Psalms 103 and 8, it says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, abounding in love, dwelling, abounding, uh, um, taking up space in love. Now, that's something. His he is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger abounding in love. When we stumble, stumble and we fall, when we mess up in sin, God's love never fades away from us. 
God understands us. He's slow to anger and his love abounds. He's not waiting to strike us down or, or waiting uh, for us to turn away from him. He's, he's drawing us closer to him. He's waiting for us to turn towards him. I'm reminded of how my grandbabies, boy, when I tell you, <laughs> especially my girls, they are little ladies, very, very demanding. And whenever I'm keeping them and I'm watching them, I'm very careful to be slow to anger when I deal with them because I'm protective of their emotional and psychological state. And so when I read this scripture and I can imagine how I am with my grandbabies, it wasn't the same with my children, but with my grandbabies, I'm very slow to anger because I know their capacity to obey. I know what level of maturity that they're at. <laughs> and while sometimes I have to correct them and, and I have to be firm when I do it, in areas that I know that they struggle in, I am very patient with them. very patient with them. So if I'm that way with my grandbabies, how much more is God with us? He is compassionate and gracious towards us. He wants to draw us nearer to him, but we have to want to be drawn. He wants us to return to him because he has redeemed us. For those of you who find yourself drifting away from God in a backslidden state, backsliding back into sin, listen to the word of God in Isaiah 44 and 22. The word of God says, return to me for I have redeemed you. God sent me here with this message today to call you back <coughs> and to call you to come back, to return to him. And the wonderful, most beautiful thing about this is that he's already redeemed you, Michael. He's paid the price for your sins on the cross and he's waiting for you with open eyes simply to return. I remember as a child, uh, I would oftentimes do things that would put me in trouble, <laughs> to say the least. It would put me in trouble. And so I remember a time, I, in my young mind, I always 
catastrophize things to an extent that things were always worse than what they really were. I, I had a fear, an unhealthy fear of my father, who was a very strong disciplinarian. And so I remember uh, I had I had gotten into some trouble at school. And I was in middle school and I knew that I was going to get kicked out of school. And so many thoughts had gone through my mind about what can I do to avoid the consequences of my actions because in my mind, they were gonna be far more severe than the actual crime that I had perpetrated at the school. So I was trying to concoct and come up with a solution for how to get out of this. And I decided, my young mind, I think I was about eighth grade and eighth grade, I think about 12, 13. I know I wasn't 14 at the time. And in my mind, I said, well, I'm just going to leave. And I found myself spending the night at the uh, middle school. (laughs) I'll tell that story one day, but I was in the middle school because I was determined I was not going to go home and face the consequences of or the punishment that I knew I was going to get. I remember having no fear of being in an empty school, roaming around, anything could have happened. (laughs) I had no fear of that, but I had a fear of going home and I remember deciding that I needed to go back home. It was it was the next day. I don't think I was hungry or anything like that, but I think I something just clicked. You, you gotta go home. <laughs> you gotta go home. And I remember making the phone call and I called my mom. I went to, um, I think they had a pay phone on the corner and I called my mom. And, she was all frantic and where are you and where you been and I can hear my dad in the background. One of the things about him, he had a knack for when things went awry and were at a heightened dramatic level where things could tip. (laughs) He had a calmness He had a calmness that, you know, still in the midst of all this chaos. And I remember my father saying to me, he said, come home. He said, come back home. I didn't want to go home. I knew if I went home, it was going to be all this stuff. At that time, I said, oh, Lord, what have I gotten myself into? I went home and like I said, things weren't as hectic as I thought they were going to be and and they never turned out as bad as I thought they were. 
a matter of fact, that day I probably got myself out of trouble, but maybe weeks later and months later, because that's how my daddy was, he waits you out. <laughs> but just like God, he said, return to me. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. <laughs> I had my get out of jail card free that day. I think they were so happy to see me. And years later, my mom explained to me, I was the first child. I was the first of her children to ever run away from home. And that incident changed her forever. It changed her forever because in her mind, she did not know. She, she had thought all of the worst things that could happen. Anyway, my, I returned home and my mom shared with me, like I said, years later, years later, how that had impacted her. But just like God said, he said, return to me for I have redeemed you. Many of us are thinking that the things that we have done, uh, that, that God cannot forgive us, that they're unforgivable. And God is saying, return to me for I have redeemed you. We need to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. In 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, the Bible says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. We have to be vigilant because there's a risk of having a reprobate heart. That's a heart that is hardened by sin and unresponsiveness to God's love and grace. But it's not too late. The very fact that you are listening and you continue to listen under the sound of my voice shares that it is not too late. We must repent. We must examine our hearts, examine ourselves, to see whether we are in the faith. God's love for the sinner is unwavering. His grace is boundless. His mercy is everlasting. For those of you who have strayed, but want to come back, know that he is calling you back. You may have sinned, but he is ready to forgive you. He is ready to redeem you. Don't let a reprobate heart steal your chance of redemption. If you continue to ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, I guarantee you, you will have a reprobate heart. Let God's grace Help to return you from a backslidden state and repent from all of your sins. 
I pray that God gives us a renewed spirit, especially as we know that his love, his grace, and his mercy are more significant than any of the sins that we could ever commit. God will give you amnesty and protection from accusation. Many of you have a fear of the enemy exposing hidden sins. It's been plaguing your heart for a long time, but God sent me here today with a word for you. In Numbers 23 and 19, the word of God says, God is not a man that he shall lie, neither the son of man that he shall repent. When God covers you, he grants you amnesty. He doesn't change his mind. The enemy may try to bring up your past, but God's promises are firm. And he'll cover you. And God does not lie. He will cover you. You are covered. Have no fear. God does not want you to fear exposure or public shame. Somebody shout, no fear, no fear, no fear. You got to be bold in the face of the enemy and tell him there is no fear. Ah, yeah, God, I will shout out. Psalms 27 and 1, the word of God says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You have no reason to fear exposure or public shame when the almighty God is on your side. When you are covered under the blood of Jesus and by the name, the power of his name. When an enemy comes in like an accuser, rebuke him. Tell him, I am covered under the blood of Jesus and there is no condemnation in Christ. God's grace is greater than any accusation. To those the enemy is using against you, know this, that they will come to public shame. The table's about to turn. God is about to turn the tables. The enemy has been tormenting you. He's about to turn you around and have you torment the enemy. The very ones that the enemy is using to accuse you, the ones who are pointing fingers, they're going to be put to public shame. Proverbs 26 and 27 admonishes us that whoever digs a pit will fall in it. If someone rolls a stone, it will roll back on them. My God, I want you to know today that you can hold your head high, that God's amnesty covers you and it protects you, and don't allow the enemy to intimidate you with accusations. Rebuke the enemy when he comes as an accuser. Just remember that God's promises are true. He'll hide you in his grace. And for those who rise against you will face their own downfall. 
Walk in confidence, knowing that the Lord is your refuge, that he is your strength. Now let's talk about Jubilee. <laughs> you got to receive God's forgiveness. You got well, you gotta first repent, then turn to God. And you got to receive the forgiveness and forgetfulness that He's given you. Now let it go. Let it go. If you're struggling, reach out to me. I will pray with you. But God does not want you bound. He does not want you condemned. And I'm I'm talking exclusively to the repenter. I'm talking to somebody who's trying to pull the wool over God's eyes. Oh, if you you just let me let me go, I'm not gonna ever do it again, knowing as soon as you step out the door, you're gonna do it again. I was watching this clip of a lady who had uh, uh, got caught stealing from Walmart and there was an officer an off-duty officer who was uh, the security and so he told her he said bring this cart back in here and he wanted to go through everything in a cart to see what she had taken, but he had actually witnessed her taking a few things. She was ripping tags off of stuff and putting her belongings in there as if it was hers. And so he was instructing her to do certain things before he invoked any force. And she was just loud and, you know, non-compliant and, you know, rebellious and, you know, she just She just was determined to give this guy a hard time because he was treating her professionally and with dignity and and kindness. And so when he did inflict or enforce through physical means and, and threw her down, handcuffed her, she said, well, just let me go now. I'm ready to go now. And if you just take my handcuffs off, if you just do this and you just do that. And she knew that she had no intentions of complying with this person. She just wanted to get out of the constraints and restraints that she found herself in. And so two seconds after she said what she was gonna stop doing, the guy was explaining to her, well, you will be trespassed from the facility for a year, you cannot come back. She said, well, I don't want to come back. And two seconds later, she said, I'll be back. They don't know me. <laughs> Put on a different wig. They won't see who I am. I said, boy, oh boy. <laughs> but this is what we do to God. This is how we deal with God. We try to deceive him into giving us what we want. Anyway, I've done my assignment today. I brought you the word. I pray that it encourages you, but I wanted to talk a few minutes about Jubilee. Jubilee. There are many that believe that this is the Lord's year 5783, which is the 70th Jubilee. And I said, look, I'm I'm doing a study. 
but I received it. <laughs> I received it. I, I just started um, looking into it. I think earlier this year, I may have been introduced to the ideal because I was going through our um, Bible study and we were learning about uh, the Passover. Anyway, I started doing some study, but I'm back at it. I'm back at it about uh, Jubilee. But anyway, this is considered the 70th year, 2023 of Jubilee. I mean, the 70th Jubilee year. And so Jubilee comes every 50 years. And so this is considered the 70th one since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We were commanded in Leviticus by God in chapter 25, verses 8 through 13. You are to count seven Sabbaths of years, seven times seven years, proclaiming freedom throughout the land and all of its inhabitants. It will be a jubilee. The jubilee represents... (laughs) not just monetary blessings, but the uh, wiping out of debt. It's just like getting a fresh start. It's not about numbers per se. It's about freedom, restoration, and redemption. It's a proclamation of liberty to any of our captives. Recovery in the sight of the blind. Christ is our ultimate redeemer. And Jubilee points us to Jesus Christ, just as Yahshua proclaimed in uh, Luke 4, 18 through 19. The word of God says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim the the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of the Lord's favor. Yahshua is the Redeemer who sets us free from the bondage of sin. Just as Jubilee set captives free and returned them to their inheritance. This is the year to be returned to our inheritance, which is grace and love and mercy. To be free of bondage and sin. We have a role in Jubilee, believe it or not. We must understand that we're called to stand firm as God's chosen children. We must restore God into the blessing. We must restore him into the breakthroughs of the family, healings and deliverance, salvation. The year of Jubilee is about restoring families, restoring and reconciling us to Christ, bringing God's people back as a family. The prophetic significance of the year, the 70th year of Jubilee is that it is a milestone. 
It's a a trumpet call that reminds us to be ready for the return of Jesus. We are living in unprecedented times where signs and wonders are manifesting in our lives. This year of Jubilee is a year that God is showing us that redemption draws nearer. God began to bless me over the last few months. I had struggled so much uh, on my job, just trying to get my footing. And and I'm telling you, we're going to talk about it. Uh, (laughs) When I share my testimony, I'm not ready for that yet, but I'll give you a glimpse into it. God moved me to a new team within my same organization that I was ready to walk away from. But had I left, I would not have experienced God's glory in the manner in which I'm experiencing it now. It gave me a raise, a bonus. You know. So I see God moving and blessing. But we ought to see this as a sign as a milestone, while God is allowing us to use this as a reset so that we can be better positioned to do what he has called us to do without the burdens of all of the trials and things that are weighing us down. We better not take our eyes off of what's really happening. It's a marker, it's a a milestone we're getting closer and closer. So I went over my time, but that's okay. Y'all used to me. Y'all know what prophets do. But I pray that this word would encourage you. But here are the things that I want you to take away from this. I want you to know that conviction is different than con- condemnation. That God sends his Holy Spirit to convict us. God will use his Holy Spirit to keep us in order if we Listen, you cannot silence, you cannot ignore the Holy Spirit because if you do ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, God is a gentleman. He's going to take that voice away from you and you will uh, run the risk of having a reprobate heart. And you don't want that. So turn. If there's anything that you're doing, if you're struggling, telling you we all struggle with things but if you are struggling ask God Lord help me to get rid of such and such and so and so and doing this and that help me Lord God I make you king and reign over the sin that is in my life I hand it off to you because you and you alone can bring forth deliverance ask God to help you. His love, His grace, and His mercy abounds in our lives. And we cannot take it for granted. Turn from your ways. Turn towards Him. And I guarantee you, He will bless you 
Don't you worry about the haters. Don't you dare worry about uh, being brought to public shame. You did it. You know you did it. Ask for forgiveness. Pray that God will keep you. But know that he will not hide your sin. But he's going to blot it out. He's going to remove the sin. Don't you dare worry about it. And don't you let the enemy intimidate you. Instead of him tormenting you, turn around and torment him. Because you have the power. All right, so I'm going to stop here. And prayerfully, we get back on a cadence of prayer, worship service, and Bible study. Amen. All right. I love you all. (laughs) Bye-bye.